Hello everyone, this is Scott Guider, the character Cephas from the hit franchise series, The Hillbilly Horror Show. You can now experience all the greatness from all the Hillbilly Horror Show. And all you need is a library card. And then you can go to Hoopla and watch them all for free. That's right, free. We love the word free. So, go ahead. For more details, go to the Hillbilly Horror Show Facebook page or go to www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com. That's right, Lulu, Bo, and myself, Cephas, the mumbling idiot. Again, go to www.hillbillyhorrorshow.com for more details or to the Facebook page. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Guider also known as Gruesome Herzog, my very special guest, is a filmmaker that I reviewed not one, not two, but three films. He's from Melbourne, Australia. It's the ever-talented actor, producer, director, Nathan Hill. Nathan, how are you? Good morning. Hey, well, good evening to me. So you it's, good afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's what, 9, it's about what, 9-11 there in the morning on oh, Saturday? You're right on the button, Correct. And it's 5.11 p.m. here in the East Coast. But thanks for coming on. The time difference is a big thing. But I've uh, seen a lot of stuff. Not a lot, but The Strange Game of Hide and Seek and Tomboys. Yeah. Strange Game of Hide and Seek was sent to me because of Shriekfest. I was a judge there back in 2011. That's right. Uh, yeah. And then Tomboys, you sent me a very, very cool film. Thank you. Man. And then I have not seen Model Behavior, yeah. but uh, your newest one is a film that you sent me, and I was like really shocked. I said, oh, my God, it's Nathan fucking Hill. Get He's out back. of here. He's back. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's Revenge of the Willow, which um, we'll get into. But I'll give you a teaser, listeners. If you like that 70s feel of a film and plus a little bit of the 80s, uh, I think you'll dig that one. But we'll get into that one later. But since I did review quite a few films of yours, I'm just going to go ahead and bring it back up again because, again, I never talked to you. This is the first time as an interview-wise. But uh, you have a, a short film that I mentioned that because of Shriekfest, A Strange Game of Hide and Seek. Now, I did not know who the hell Nathan Hill was. I mean, that's not – no sense towards you, but I was no. relatively new into the podcasting then. Absolutely. And then – I watched this little gem. Give listeners a uh, you know backstory and some sure. info and possibly where they could find it to watch. That's a really good question. So the strange game of hide and seek, you know, that came out as a um, film school graduate piece. You know, it was a half an hour film, and I didn't really know what to do with it because in Australia, um, you know, ten minute shorts is kind of the cutoff, and if you've got a half an hour film, they don't know what to do with it. So when I started looking at the festivals around America, I was like, well, they've got heaps of festivals I can put this into. Are you kidding me? Um, So that's where I'm going to send it. And, um, you know, thank the Lord that uh, I I found an audience and and people that love the film and festivals and directors and and people like yourself that could appreciate it. Um, And then that took me to L.A. That's the first time I went to America was for Shriekfest. Um, but, uh, the, the irony, which is what happens in our country is you've got to go to the States first and get some kind of merit before they then go, Oh, he's okay. Now we'll do something with it. You know, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and that's what happened. It got a, it got a DVD release, uh, when I came back. Um, so it's true in a sense what they say. I mean, let's be honest, LA America, it's the home of cinema, you know, like yeah. if you love films, you, you know, you need to be there. The thing that astonished me was, 
that there was like almost a cinema on every block, you know, and oh, here, wow. here you've got a milk bar on every block, but you've got a cinema every kind of, you know, hundred miles. Right. So <laughs> that was, uh, that was amazing. But one thing that I will say, I've said it in a lot of my reviews, the films that get me going, or if I know that it's shot in Australia, if I know it's shot in England, UK, yeah. it's the, I will skip 50 movies to go to that film. That's amazing. It is because I live in America. The films to me is not different to me. I mean, different stories. But when I see a film in Australia, I mean, I love the accent. Yeah. I love the scenery. And Australian filmmakers have a different style and taste of filmmaking than Americans do. I'm yeah. not saying one's better than the other. Yeah. But horror films, if you really want a horror film in Australia, you have that extra twang because there's a lot of great horror films in australia i mean that one i can't remember what it's called i mean there's so many of them of course the most popular one where they made part two where the guy uh remember in the outback where he's um yeah wolf creek yes wolf creek really brought uh australia out later years but there's a bunch of films during that time Mm. that when i when i see australia or if i see ireland or if I see yeah. England or whatever, it's I am at most looking right. I said, "Bitch, I'm watching this now." <laughs> I mean, especially if it's a horror movie because the again, now when you see American films, you probably feel the opposite because I'm in America, you're in Australia, so American films might intrigue you more because it's a different than your films, right? I see where you're coming from. I do think that because you know, there's this kind of. Um, uh, I guess like a folk tale that um, Australia is this giant dangerous island um, you know, filled, <laughs> yeah. filled with, you know, massive um, spiders, giant spiders and oh, uh, shit. You know, snakes and crocodiles and all these things. And it automatically drums up, um, you know, kind of an, an image of this, this uh, survivor gone wrong, you know, <laughs> Um, right, right. Th- this is why Wolf Creek did so well, because I really think Wolf Creek was kind of like, um, you know, Crocodile Dundee gone bad, you know. Um, yeah. That's why it did so well. Um, I'll tell you some funny trivia, though. They asked me to audition for a part in the second one, um, but I, as a German backpacker, but I said, I'm too old. I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I, I wish I could, man, you know, but I'm just, I've passed those 20s. <laughs> I can't do it. That's awesome. Well, you know, but, but at least you had a chance to even audition for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the True. cool part about it. I look. So I, feel I, w- the, I feel the same way about America. I, I love America. I have. Um, I'm not going to deny that I grew up watching American films religiously, uh, and I'm not afraid to admit it. I think there's a lot of people here um, that might not admit that, um, but secretly. They've all grown up on American TV. Um, some British TV, um, the very you know the very small amount of Australian shows that that might be okay as far as TV series go. But everyone has to admit that um, the roots are uh, American, you know. Right. And I'm, I'm always open armed to uh, anyone from America and Canada that comes here. I'm, I'm always um, ready to chaperone and, and show them around and, and really give them a bit of an experience because uh, it's, I feel like it's paying back. You know, without America, without the without the films, 
Um, you right. know, my, my life would just be not colorful. It really wouldn't. So that that's how I feel. I mean, it's just cool. I mean, I know I watched a film from Scotland too. I, uh, they've got ball wow. Scottish. They're really they're full on. Yeah, it's. Wow. I mean, there, there's a cool zombie film that I watched from there that I thought was cool. Again, it's the same thing. It's the scenery. It's it's different. It's a language. It's just very very cool. And I I like the I the creative creativity for you guys is same as ours, but you guys have your own little style, and I think it mm. really sparks it. So that's cool. Yeah, I think that's why Tarantino loves it as well because. You know, being kind of, I guess, like a connoisseur of film, um, you know, that's someone that's really appreciated uh, the culture and the type of films that are made here, exactly what you're saying. So from your perspective, it's very, very much novelty, I think, um, to have a look at that, you know, slightly different kind of filmmaking that that's um, enjoyable if you're um, as much as into film as what we both are. Yes. You know, and I got it the next film i mean here's another film that because of shriek fest and because of the short film um you sent me a copy of tomboys yeah so you like to sexually assault women huh now by the time this night is over i'm gonna have my way with this son of a bitch i'm gonna do it with or without your help. So if you want to stick around, cool. If you want to join the fun, awesome. But if you can't handle it, then I suggest you leave now. Again, here is a film that the way you made it, mm-hmm. I don't think that my perspective on this film, if it's American made, that, that I would have the same feelings towards it. Mm-hmm. No yep. slight to America. Because, because the film that you did is done so many times over here. Something mm-hmm. like it. But mm-hmm. again, we have the Australian twinge on it. Got and it. that's what really got me. So go ahead and tell the listeners about Tomboys and if it's available anywhere to yeah. buy or however. Absolutely. Tomboys is readily available. If you, as soon as you type the title into Google, you know, it'll come up with, you know, a, a, a whole bunch of places to purchase. Um, if I can put in a little plug here, you know, my, I mean, my website alone, which is nhp.net.au, um, that has a purchase page to all my films. All of them are on um, Amazon, which I, I think is kind of, the you know, the first um, most readily available place to buy um, and then different distributors will have them out through different channels and different stores depending but a lot of my stuff is in America and Canada um, not so much in Australia these days because my um, existing distributor um, uh, believe it or not went bankrupt 
Um, so wow. I'm looking for a new local distributor. Um, but it's strange because uh, a lot of my films, you know, I keep keep kind of changing genre. Um, I don't I don't like to be boxed. So I think the distributors are also kind of well, who is this guy? Like, is he horror? Is he action? Is he drama? It's a because I do like to sort of keep things exciting and keep people on their toes as well. Um, but uh, that's okay. But yeah, Tomboys, I think you're right. Um, yeah, it's definitely got that that uh, Australian esque spin on it because it's these Aussie girls all captured or uh, have captured uh-huh. someone and they're they're caught up in that barn and it's very claustrophobic and so all of those um, uh, I guess those realities, um, the antics of those characters being Aussie and being tight together, a tight-knit group of, of girls, gives you that kind of fly-on-the-wall um, uh, viewpoint of what they're really like, you know, because there's no secrets and there's no holds barred and, it's you know, Tomboys is, like, not something that we're making for, you know, a PG-rated audience either. You know, it's quite barbaric. So you get really – you get up close and personal with – um, what these characters might be like uh, in this country, right? It's it's five girls mm. kidnap a serial rapist mm-hmm. to seek revenge. Now, think of that, people. Yeah, add that plus the Australian twinge. Yeah, you have, you have an excellent film. The women loved it because, you know, I really, you know, researched and wrote uh, a lot you know, before we shot it and to try and get into the mindset of the women that had been perpetrated, um, you know, I really went there and um, I think the girls loved it. And so, in fact, one of the girls said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that a male wrote this script because it was very empathetic and sympathetic. Um, and I think the only reason that I can do that is because obviously I am an artist um, and a showman, but, you know, deep down there's a, there's a sensitive artist, there's a sensitive guy there as well. You know, so, um, and you have to be to um, get that sort of material. Otherwise, you can't you can't write drama if you're not really in touch with all of your feelings. Right. Does that make right. sense? You're right. Yes, I do. It makes mm. a hell of a lot of sense. Mm. But uh, you do have a lot of films that you directed, and yeah. um, we're going to talk about your newest one, but uh, one that I've seen. But is there anything else that you want to bring up after that? Yeah, I'll it's funny you... you mentioned you hadn't seen Model Behavior, and that's probably because that film was churned out so quickly, and then it ended up winning the California Film Awards. I don't know if you knew that. No. Yeah, and that was kind of like, shoo, boom, bang, it was done, you know, and, um, you know, I got this trophy out of it, which I adore, um, and then it was kind of like, wow, okay, um, you know, and I'd stepped back in the acting ring pretty heavily for that. <laughs> Um, and had, you know, just had a ball of fun, which is probably what's led me to, you know, to this film, to Guaylo. Where did I find you again? In your dreams, baby. Am I dreaming now? I don't know. Maybe. How do I know if I'm dreaming or not? Well, I'd have to pinch you to find out, wouldn't I? Pinch me where? Oh, I'm sure I could find somewhere. <laughs> I love her, baby. Come on, Jamie, she gets a divorce. 
you even in good enough shape? It's kind of like the next level. Um, yeah, well, and, but, you know, it was a real, I, I tell you what, the hardest thing for me on this film was actually going back to training to do the martial arts because yeah, I'm not a spring chicken, as I said. <laughs> I actually, yeah. you know, it's like what's happening to the character is really happening to me. It's like, oh, God, and there's a line I put in there where the woman says, you know, um, do you really think you can do this? Like, are you, are you in good enough shape? And I'm kind of like, I think so. <laughs> I love that. So Now, let's go ahead and talk about it. Revenge of the Guello yeah. is a, a new film that you sent me, and I watched it, I think, last week, right? Yeah, yeah. might have been last week. And I'm already familiar with, like I mentioned, the short film that you did, the Hide and Seek, and then, of course, Tomboys. So I said, you know what? I'm going to check this out. And I already knew what I was getting myself into when I started watching. I said, this is a throw. My opinion, it's a 70s throwback with a twinge of 80s. Yes. It's about a guy, his last name is Lucky, um, has a girlfriend, which he's hot, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think what's unique about this film is the, what is it, that's the Asian mafia? Yeah. The chicks that come to your house when you go out to the car for an interview. I won't say too much. I don't want to ruin it. And then, of course, something happens to her. And then you seek revenge. And it's not a typical revenge film. I agree. It's not what you think. It's not Nathan going out there with machine guns and, and knives and blowing up buildings, it has nothing to do with that. That's right. You get fun, you get humor, you get seriousness, you get the 70s thrown in your face, you get the 80s thrown in your face, (laughs) and you get the obnoxiousness thrown in your face, and it makes a phenomenal film. That's what I love about you, Scott, because you understand it. Yes, and here's the thing, people. I know a lot of people that, that's going to listen to this interview, you're not going to get it, and you're <laughs> going to either watch it, and then you're going to be a troll on the internet and want to bash this film, that's blah, right. blah, blah. Yeah. You have to understand film. You have to understand all types of money that takes to make that's, a film. That's right. But there's one thing that people have to understand, and I've said this time and time again, and I don't give a shit who gets sick of me saying it. A movie is someone's baby. It takes a strong-willed person to start a movie and to finish the movie. And I'm saying it's not going to be no gravy train the whole way. It's going to be ups and downs and bumps. But it takes a pure filmmaker with passion 
and talent say, fuck this, I'm getting it done no matter what. And this film shows to me that a guy at your age, as you claim, now I'm spring chicken, but I'm in good shape for my age. Yeah, I think so. What I'm saying is for what you had to do is something that you did when you're way younger, but you want to use those skills again yeah. just for one shot of the movie. Correct. And that's what you want to do. It's not no horror movie, people. Mm-hmm. It's an action film. And this yeah. is what makes it the most – I've never seen an action film from Australia before. This is oh, the wow. first time that I've seen one. Wow. So when you go into this film, you're going to see things that you probably won't see in American films because that's just a mindset of Nathan. Mm-hmm. It's wonderfully acted. I love this storyline. It's simple, sweet. You know, it's cool. It is sweet. It's simple. That's right. It's cool because you have – there's a scene in the movie that i got to be careful how I say this, but I laughed my ass off. And you know what I'm talking about already. When you're fighting that one chick that killed your girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Okay? And yeah. the, 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 the little shorter one saying, oh, that's Japan, that's Taiwan, that's this. And she's naming off – <laughs> and, then oh, she yeah. says, and then she says, how many fucking things, how's it, how many does he styles. know? <laughs> oh, it was fucking great. How many styles I mean, does he know? That's right, because he's, he's reeling out all those different styles of martial arts one by one to combat the different styles that the villains have. So rather than sort of go in there with just like one style, let's say he goes in there with karate, but they're all from different styles, he's probably going to fail. And that that, that comes from the Bruce Lee theory of Jeet Kune Do, where, you know, you're kind of a master of all styles, you know, and you can do it all, which gives you that advantage. And I must admit something, Nathan. When I seen that sumo wrestler, I said, oh, my God, is this guy going to survive? (laughs) That's great. yeah, but that was he—he's technically the Australian silver medalist as a sumo wrestler. No shit. Yeah, Chico Pemberton, um, and he's—you um, know—he's—he's he's now starting to get quite a bit of TV, and he's been doing stuff in New Zealand as well. Um, I think he just got cast in another movie, which is amazing, straight off this one. Um, and he's got a little fan base, you know. So, and he's a really lovely guy. That's awesome. Yeah, we're good now- friends now. So hopefully I didn't say too much of what I was talking about, but I was impressed with this film. I really was because, again, like I mentioned, I've never seen a non-horror. I've never seen an action film from Australia because I'm a horror guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I I do watch dramas. I do watch action movies, but I've never seen – and I must admit the title alone is one of the reasons why I – besides yourself is why I want to see this. I thought it was really cool and laid out nice. Um, That's good. Is there any backstories that you can give me, give listeners and myself about this? You know, how many any mishaps, yeah. any fun stuff? I think I think what you said was right too, because a lot of the stuff that comes out in this in this kind of budget is always horror, because we know you know the horrors are the easy ones to do low budget, because you know you just need a lot of blood and some good looking girls, and you're kind of halfway there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> And I've done that, you know, don't worry about it, and I love it, I'll probably do it again. Um, but I kind of, because some people said to me, you know, why make this film on a, on a low budget because you've got such grandiose ideas and so much action? And I said, well, it's not actually about guns. You know, it, it's, it's, it's the same as the Bruce Lee movies. You kind of always wondered, why doesn't someone just pull out a gun and shoot the guy? Because it's not about that. It's about the, right. the drama and the story and the journey and then the fighting at the end, you know, and... Um, 
you know, I think in this film I've got one hand grenade, which then kind of um, makes it more funny because you're not expecting it. Whereas in action films of today, let's be honest, you've got a million guns, bullets flying everywhere, this right. and that, and you kind of lose the believability. You get to a point where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, and then it's what I call is a popcorn and Coke film where, where it's entertaining, but you know it's not real. Um, it's boring. So, it gets boring. Yeah, and what I tried to do with this one was with the limited budget was say, okay, well, why don't we take an average guy um, that I think in general a larger pop- population can relate to because mostly in this world, let's be honest, it, it's the average man that takes up most of the, pop- of the population. So the average man can look at this character and say, hmm, maybe I could do that. Maybe I could, you know, imagine myself doing that because he's doing it do you know what i mean right 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 and and let's not make it about all the other types of films let's make it unique um and it's, i think it's very unique thank you and i think and you're right as well about the throwback to 70s and 80s because what's happening is you've got a character here who's probably late 30s maybe even 40 years old so when he has to go back when he has to summon the courage to go back and do all that old school fighting He's going back into the mindset of what it was like when he was probably a teenager, which was the 70s and 80s. Right. And that's where he's drawing his personal power from. So you get all these sequences that are a throwback because he's going back kind of to get his, let's say, um, mojo to then go out and perform this revenge mission. Get it, so, yeah. So I guess, Scott, what we've almost got here is a movie for almost our generation. This is probably not a film that... And I've only just realized this now, talking to you now. Um, uh-huh. I don't think it's going to be a movie for the next generation. I think this is a film for people that are uh, a mature age. I think it's a yep. – do you know what I mean? I think it's for your kind of 30 to 40, 30 to 50 bracket. Well, the only way a 18-year-old or a 20-year-old is going to drive on this film is if their parents watch films while they're growing up. Yeah. Then they'll get it. Yeah, but a lot. But yeah, I understand. Yeah, you're exactly right. But, I think uh, I think there's enough, um, as we said, of the beautiful, pretty Asian girls in there that the young guys probably will still watch it. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, there is a character in here that I thought she was a sweetheart, and that other than your your woman is her sister. Oh yeah, little t- little Lee. Which is played by she Dan was so unique in that film. You she's fall gorgeous. in love with her. You fall in love with her just by the way she's – it was like she's just – she's there, she's but she doesn't say much, but she's cute. Yeah, very cute. And, and she – she in, in Melbourne, she's um, what I would describe as, you know, one of the very top Asian models from Melbourne. Um, okay. And she's got so much confidence that I just knew that she could play the role. You know, quite often you'll get other actors that are coming from a strict acting background and they'll say, oh, yeah, but she's a model. And I'm like, well, not really because, you know, it's confidence, you know. Yep. Like if you can be a master of any, um, any art form and if you've got the confidence, you can still act. I mean, I'm sure David Bowie was even singing before they put him in a movie to act. Do you know what I mean? It's right. the same theory. Right. Like if you're, if you're a master of your craft, you can probably then – um, you know, move into other other areas and other uh, mediums. Right. That's what I did right. with her. But the, the one scene at the end, I, which <laughs> it was funny. She goes, "So that interview, <laughs> where, yeah. where, what was it yeah. for?" Yeah. I love that because it's end of the film. 
all the action's done, you win, and then she comes up with a sarcastic, funny comment. She, yeah. you, she, she makes you fall in love with her the way she talks. It's so cute. I hope she's going to watch this interview because I'll definitely tell her that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really good film. I really, thanks, man. You know, actually, I watched it the second time. I actually did. Because oh, wow. um, you know how you do it when you, yeah. if yeah. you're watching it and you might have missed something. Yeah. So you know what? Let me let let me go back here and let's I watch see. this again and see if I might have missed something. I did miss a few things. This first time, because, you know, when you're watching it, it's like you're focused on one thing, and then you might have missed something that you didn't see before. It's weird. But it's weird how your eyes and mind works. But yeah. it's a brilliant film. I I mean, I would love to see the reaction from people. I can imagine what some of the reactions are going to be, because we always have trolls out there. That's just the bottom line. They're trolls. That's right. They're not, they're not happy. I mean, I mean, these are the people that are too scared, too scared to, to get a camera of their own and make their own damn movie. It's easier to go behind a computer screen and hide and bark. I'll be honest name. with you, Scott. I mean, you know, I've been fighting these guys my whole life, you know. And yeah, it's fun. It's fun, though. It, 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 it's it, fun. It, it's a war. Um, but, you know, it kind of it kind of keeps you going because if there was – Yeah, it nothing, does. You know what I mean? If there was nothing being said, you might just kind of go, oh, yeah, I'm done, and you'd be comfortable, and you'd just stop. But – when there's um, debate and controversy and, you know, and, you know, sometimes <laughs> even flack, you know, you, you, yep. you, it kind of keeps you going because you, at least you've raised some type of um, discussion. Um, mm-hmm. I know Nicholas Winding Refn said this with um, Only God Forgives because a lot of people didn't like it, but he, he I, I really, because uh, I really like him as a director and I was watching his interviews and he was saying, um, you know, if half is good and half is bad, then you've done your job. Um, and I thought that's very clever because mm-hmm. that's exactly right. You know, you, you really need you need a bit of both. Otherwise, you don't even have a debate. Right, right. But I think you're, what I like about you, though, is you understand the different types of budgets and genres because a lot of people, a consumer, will go straight into the shop and pick this film up and it might be sitting next to Transformers, <laughs> you know, and yeah. they're expecting it to be, you know, multi-million dollar budget, which is not. Um, and you know, you've got to be a bit of a film connoisseur to get into these sort of cult films, but it's been very funny because in the past, sometimes I've had a movie sitting next to a blockbuster on a shelf and someone's grabbed both and, and kind of looked at it and said, Oh yeah, not bad. Which means in their mind, it was multi-million, you know? So the, 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 um, the smoke and mirrors or the suspension of disbelief, it just like, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And I think it's dependent on um, the individual. But because, you know, we're all different and the population is so huge, you right. just never know what someone's thinking or what's going to happen. You know, it's just um, there's so many variables um, uh, for, for debate and opinion. Yep, you know? exactly right. You are exactly right. It's a, You can't please everybody. So, yep. I mean, good Bad press is good press. Uh, this movie that. will this movie will cause so much talk <laughs> that when they hear uh, these podcasts say, "Oh, that movie sucks," yeah. but, you, but you, know what, you know what they don't realize yeah. is they're only helping your film. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna go get it and find out for themselves. You know what, Scott? I was um, very uh, Almost, almost a little bit fooled myself because when Hide and Seek came out, which you, which you know was the first real movie I made, um, and it got a lot of praise. You know, it was 
good review, good review, good review. And even there was even a review that said, oh, Nathan Hill gets just good reviews, you know. And I was kind of lured into that false sense of security. And then it uh, wasn't until I think halfway through Tomboys, I started to get some bad press and I was kind of shocked. Um, and, but that's, that's when I realized, um, you know, it's not, it's not about just good press, you know, that, you know, everyone's going to have that opinion, which has to, um, create a debate and, and that's healthy, you know, but I think a lot of filmmakers, cause we're all sensitive in a sense, artists, they can get very hurt. And a lot, I think a lot of them quit and a lot of them give up and they say, Oh, you don't understand me. So bugger you all, you know, and I've seen guys do that. I've seen people quit based purely on that because they haven't had the confidence to just keep believing in themselves. You know, that's a challenge uh, as well. Well, that goes two ways because it's also somebody who tried and quit and, and is jealous. Jealousy is a lot of it too, my friend. True. Very true. Oh, Very true. Oh, Nathan Hill thinks he's fucking cool. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, it's in every profession. That's every job. Any profession's like that. Oh, he thinks he's fucking special. That's it's just a fact of human nature. So that drives me. I mean, I get comments about the Hillbilly Horror Show where, oh, yeah. where people say, oh, he's imitating the guy from King of the Hill. That has nothing to do with that. But, hey, yeah. you go ahead and keep saying that because that's more people are, are going to find out if I am or not. So, yeah. you know. Well, Hillbilly, Hillbilly Horror, as soon as I tuned into it and I heard your voice – I was already under the impression this was big. You know, I was already under the impression this is a guy that was well-established and I need to do an interview with this guy. That was my first impression. <laughs> For real. For real? For real. Uh, that's cool. I mean, that's nice of you. Quite a few things. I mean, I do a lot of voiceover work, so a lot yeah. of trailers. And, and I, I played a, a, a weatherman on a, on a short film. It's crazy. A DJ on the radio on a short film. So it's fun, yeah. you know. But – uh I like what I do. I mean, I love interviewing. I mean, my style of interviewing is different than a lot of people. Mine's, mine's professional. Or I mean, it's I have fun too, you know. Yeah. But I like the way I do it, and people like the way I do it. So. I love and that I, you're a judge for Shriekfest. I was a judge in 2011, and I'm also a judge in, for Fantastic Horror Film Festival as well. That's fantastic. So their th- their philosophy is make it for the fans, where if it says it's 1 o'clock, it might be one o five, one ten, but it's going to be that time. It's not going to be eight hours later where the, the filmmaker gets, you know, gets screwed over. So that's the philosophy for that. So Okay, yeah. So big shout-out to Fantastic Horror Film Festival. I haven't forgotten you guys. I've been busy, but uh, I just want to bring it out there that that is the uh, – it's going to be the third year for it now, and they've got successful for the first two years. So That's great. So and that's a good go. job, man. Putting on a festival, it's a huge job. I mean, I, I co-ran a festival for two or three years and, um, you know, it was exhausting. I mean, I know you can spend your whole year just just doing a festival. You know, it's massive. Yeah. One of my friends, Richard Wollstonecroft, he does Melbourne Underground and, um, you know, it's the same. I mean, every every year I've seen him and it's, a, it's just a huge undertaking. People don't realize and it really takes a lot of energy out of you because you're dealing with so many different people, so many different personalities and you're, um, you know, you're also serving and you're also trying to help. So, you you know, it's, it's an admirable thing that you're doing, whether you make money or not. And, um, you know, it's exhausting. And there's ones that try to get their film in there for free. That's They'll try right. it. Yeah. They'll of try course. it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else that you are uh, that's coming up down the pike? Well, that's an interesting question because um, you know I love this Guaylo film, and uh, obviously I'm 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 just I, I've just finished it, 
So I'll, I'll be uh, pushing it as hard as I can um, to get uh, really good distribution um, and talk to sales agents and things like that. I think the thing with my movies, as I said before, they're all so different. You know, they've all had different sales agents and different distributors and different kind of methods for every single one. It's almost like each film is its own entity. You never know where it's going to where it's going to land. Um, right. But but one thing I do want to try with this one is the festivals. I feel like it's, it's a festival type film. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? You've seen it. It is. Man. Um, it so, is. So I want to do that, and I want to want to see if it's if it's award worthy because I, I really do think it might be, and I hope mm-hmm. so. So I'm going to try the festies. But I've actually shot my next um, already in the can, which is um, called Colorblind, and uh, we're in post production at the moment. Mm. Yeah, which is a very interesting film. You'll definitely be seeing that, um, and you're going to love that. I'll tell you right now. It's, <laughs> it's it is it's a it's a Hitchcockian. It's another. Oh, throw, it. It's a throwback. It's a Hitchcockian um, Agatha Christie type murder mystery sleuth. And mate, it's 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 phenomenal. Do you know Jane Badler? She used to act in the series V, The Visitors. Yes, yes. Jane. Yeah. Jane's one of the leads in my next film. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good so she, she lives in Australia now. And, uh, you know, we, we actually collaborated on two or three films in the last three months. Uh, sorry, in the last two or three films in the last year. Um, nice. So, uh, yeah, she's she's in the next one and, and she gives a phenomenal performance. Awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. You know what? You mentioned, before we let you go, you mentioned that uh, by getting a distrib- distribution deal for this, mm. you already have a body at work already. Yeah. You already have tomboys. No matter if it's a different distributor or not, they can go back and look at your work. Yeah, for so sure. There's a, there's a helping hand, but uh, yeah, that's this, right. This you got you got to try and find some of these uh, seventy throwback festivals if you can find them and pop that bitch in there. I guarantee yeah. you, people love that. We did. <laughs> I mean, it was actually my um, my music composer um, that was looking online the other day and he's found one, he's found one in, would you believe, Ohio. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I believe that. Which is, That's um, me. it's kind of a martial arts type festival and we thought we might give them a crack. Um, the last time I was, I did a festival in Ohio was like, oh my God, 2000 with like a horror film, a little short horror film. Um, right. but yeah, we, we have kind of already found a few of these really funny, obscure ones, which we'd like to have a look at. Um, and you know that, that I'd rather do that. You know, I'd rather be a big fish in a small pond with a film like this um, than uh, you know just another competitor out of the hundreds or thousands for the larger festivals. Um, right. I mean, I've heard some scary things, even with um, some of the big notable festivals, that they get so many submissions that by the time they're the festival's running, they've run out of time to even watch all the screeners. You know, like I've heard yeah. some horrible things. That's um, so you've got to, got to kind of watch that and you've got to be different. I think just keep being different, you know? That's yeah. that's the key. Be yourself. Be unique. Do it your way, you know? And and you also got to realize, too, Nathan Hill had a, a, a full feature in a short film. So you already mm-hmm. had the uh, festival thing going. So the, sure. if they're going to see something from Nathan Hill, okay, well, yeah. let's check it out, you know? Cause we, the next we thing, see yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you're right, Scott. You know, and, and trying um, – trying to, I guess, throw a lot of darts at the board, you know, and then you start hitting the board and then, it, you know, the, it stays there. You know, like you said, the contact's already there. 
um, which is great, you know, because I've done a lot of that preliminary work already with those other films. So you're right, this one should actually be easier to um, to push through those streams. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're 100%. I want that poster behind you. Mate, I'll send you one. Well, actually, no, yeah? I'll email you the JPEG and you can you can have one. All right. Sweet. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. It's a cool poster, isn't it? I quite like it. It is. One. We spent a it lot is. of time, my graphic designer, um, Alex Scott, he's a, he's a genius. You know, we've been working together for years and years, and, um, you know, he's done, he's done quite a few of my posters. Um, but we spent um, a longer time trying to get this one right uh, because we had so much involved, as you know, a throwback to 70s and 80s and the whole the age and pop culture. And, yeah, so we had to, we had to really try and get it right. But I, I always, um, I've always loved the cover to Enter the Dragon, and, uh, yeah. and, and a lot of that, a lot of the Asian gangster cinema stuff. So, and it fit beautifully, you know, like, um, fits beautifully in with some of the, um, Chinatown cinema, um, films that are going on now. Um, it, right. just, it just fit right in there. So I was very, very happy. And let's be honest, you know, that poster can, um, can really help sell your film. I mean, if you've got a, a brilliant poster, you're kind of halfway there. You know, if people like visually seeing what you're offering or what you're selling, then, um, you know, you, you're ahead of the rest, you know? Yep, exactly right. And that can make a good DVD cover, too. I think you're right. I think it'd be a brilliant little DVD cover, Blu-ray, and, uh, and poster image, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Yep. Really, really proud of it. Yep. Well, Nathan, I'm very proud of you because you came, Thanks, came a long way from that little short film in 2004 to Tomboys to a 70s throwback God, I, I I just pictured 1979. Yeah, that's man. About a good year. You're on you're onto it. That's right. That's about a good year. But uh, great year, for great cinema. Well, great job, Nathan. Thanks for coming on. It's a long Thanks, time waited to talk. Um, yeah, just 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 keep keep me informed. I mean, how, how it's going, and uh, I can get you some reviewers. I'll start putting uh putting the wingers out net and see what we can do. I really appreciate your support too, and I love what you're doing for cinema. It's amazing. I really appreciate your your support as well. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, so uh, Nathan, I want to give you a big thanks for sending me the film, for sending me Tomboys and everything you sent me. I want to appreciate it for what you've done. Some great work. Uh, people can say what they want to say, but give it a shot. You know, you old heads like me and Nathan. Well, Nathan ain't quite that old, but us forty year olds. Uh, well, well, you guys will definitely drive this film. So, anyways, Nathan, thanks for coming on again, and you take care of yourself. Thank you, Scott. Keep rocking. Thank you, brother. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Guider, also Gruesome Herzog. Check out my new Facebook page, Interviews by Scott Guider. So go ahead, give me a like. Thanks. <laughs>